Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Mental Health Uncorked. I am Ashley T, and I'm here with my good friend, Dr. G. Hey, girl, how are you? Hey, hey. Good to see you, girl. Good to, good to see you, too. My favorite night of the week. For What's sure. been going on? Well, before we get started, we just want everybody to know while we are both licensed mental health clinicians, this podcast is not meant to replace going to therapy. We are both huge advocates for making sure, especially more than ever now, you are taking care of your mental health with a professional. Also, this podcast contains content and language that may not be suitable for the little ones in your life. <laughs> it's good to see you. You too, girl. It's been it's been a minute. We had busy weeks. We did have busy weeks. You had a really busy week. I did. You were flying around. Where have you been? I oh, I had such a good week last week. I um, had the chance to go back up to Michigan um, because I go to a conference every year, the Crimes Against Children Conference. And I've been yep. going for probably I don't know six years now. And I go every August, and unfortunately, because of COVID, obviously, we are virtual, but I got the chance to go hang out with the crew that I always go with up in Michigan, and we watched it virtually, and I learned so much. Being a trauma therapist, it was, it's invaluable every year on on how to help our littlest people in society. So it was a heavy week, but it was really good, and um, it was a great time. I got to see some family, and and be with them. So it was good. It was good. Yeah, I like your smile. Yeah, what's been going on with you though? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while now that we haven't talked in a while. It was a busy week up here too. I think we were talking before that. So the listeners know I've mentioned that I have two little kids. I have a five-year-old little girl and a two-year-old little boy and my husband who I adore, but sometimes makes life harder, sometimes makes life way easier. I'm spoiled. <laughs> I am spoiled. Most people who know us know that I am spoiled. Um, but when we were going through COVID or quarantine, let's not pretend like COVID's over here. We were going through quarantine. My husband and I wanted to try to keep things like fun and light for the kids. And so I said, well, we should put a new routine into place. And part of that was like at dinner time, we would talk about a daily gratitude. So we focused on something that was positive every day. Um, we didn't always like our daughter had to remind us to do that a lot. So I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm some, you know, <laughs> amazing mom who remembers to do stuff like this. I don't, I have the idea we do it one day and then I forget. And she's like, mommy, we forgot to say what we're thankful for. And I'm like, oh yeah, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> so <laughs> check, mom. yeah, yeah she's good about that. So one thing we did was we wanted to come up with a new tradition to get us through quarantine. And I thought a great idea would be pizza and peas because I, I liked the idea of the alliteration behind it. <laughs> my family looked at me like I was high. <laughs> so <laughs> we did not do pizza and peas, but my husband thought that it was a good idea to do ice cream before dinner. And I thought, well, that's fun too. The kids really loved that. And so we stuck with it every week. We did one day where we got ice cream before dinner and this week, my kids were rock stars. They were pretty well behaved. They have been living in somewhat of a construction zone. We've been doing some stuff to our house and they've just been super awesome. And so I said, you guys will earn ice cream before dinner this weekend. And so we went to our favorite ice cream spot today, got them ice cream before dinner. I did not plan it well. We went way too late. So then dinner was way too late. So then bedtime was way too late. And I 
was mad at myself <laughs> the entire time, but they seemed to have fun. Then when we got home, I thought about you, G, because we walk in the door and I tell my daughter to go get her PJs on and go to bed. And I would be up to read her stories because I also promise stories. I like to make these promises that I can't <laughs> always follow through on. <laughs> Hashtag Mobley. but then you like they're looking at you with those puppy dog eyes saying I know you have to go record your podcast but you promised that you would read me stories before bed so I'm like sorry Gina you're gonna have to stay up later (laughs) because I promised my daughter bedtime stories so I said you need to go upstairs get your pjs on go to the bathroom go to bed and as I'm walking upstairs I hear her talking to my son my son's not potty trained yet and I thought, that's strange. She's in the bathroom. And so he's in the bathroom with her. They're just chitty chatting, as she would call it. And all of a sudden you hear, you hear, are you pooping? Are you pooping? And I thought, oh my gosh, the boundaries in this house are gone. And she says, no, Matthew, I'm not pooping. I'm just going potty. I need to do that before I go to bed. And she's like parenting him. And I thought to myself, what is, <laughs> what is happening? We have one bathroom in our house. Our house is very old, that's why we love it. There's one bathroom, there's one potty, so you have to wait in line. You better have a strong bladder. And so it became very clear to me that our boundaries in our house are shot, man. They're just shot. That door's always open and I need to change that. (laughs) Boundaries though. My boundaries are so shot too that, I don't know, she finds it funny. It's nothing to them. He's just standing next to her, brushing her, brushing his teeth, showing her his toothbrush. She's going potty, getting okay. ready for bed. It's the sweetest thing in the world, right? Well, and I'm loving this because I love Ashley's children. They're the most angelic things. Yeah. And I can just see them having a great old conversation while they're using yeah. the bathroom and just getting no problem. So well. But like I said, he's not potty trained, so he needs to he needs to see how things are done, though she's a little girl and he is a little boy, so <laughs> It's going to be a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shoot, girl. Those boundaries in the house, though. Physical boundaries. I'm sure COVID has changed lots of boundaries for lots of people. I know. They really have. So that brings me to another thing. Now that you keep saying boundaries, and I know if you looked at the title of our show, you know that's what we're talking about today. But one thing that really got me this week in a slew of craziness, of course, I coped with Facebook as we discovered last week. For the, all, of the, all of you counting at home, my percentage was up 9% this week. I was on social media. Uh, but I'm finding that Facebook specifically, no, not really, Instagram too, we're just voicing our opinions on social media. And I love both of them. I love both of them. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of them, but there appears to be this blur of fact and fiction. And specifically, you and I were talking about the human trafficking portion of this. Now I'm not as we always say, I'm not, a do- I'm not a mental health, or I am a mental health clinician, but I'm not a medical doctor. Right. Dr. G is in fact a doctor, though she's not a medical doctor. I'm not part of the FBI. No. I am not law enforcement in any way, shape, or form. But I know Chrissy Teigen, 
is not part of a human trafficking ring. I just know that she's not. I just know that she and John Legend are not part of that lifestyle. And I think you guys don't see G, but she's smiling at me because I think she knows where I'm going with this. My fear is that we're taking the spotlight away from the big problem that is human trafficking. I don't know. I'm excited that people are listening, are seeing the words human trafficking and wondering where children are at. I'm sure after the week that you've had, that is a, that is a blessing, truthfully, when we think about it. But I would hate to put all of our eggs in the wrong basket. Yeah. If that makes sense to you. Tell me your thoughts. No, it's just, it is a really terrifying thing. I know that uh, Wayfair, whatever that was on social media, I don't even know what to call mm -hmm. that. And, and truthfully, you know, I'm happy as a trauma-based clinician and somebody who is rooted in working with kids of child abuse and neglect. And I have had plenty of kids come into my office of all ages that have been unfortunately trafficked at their young age. And I couldn't be happier, honestly, as, as sad as that sounds, but I couldn't be happier that we're starting to have conversations about this be, because before it was, we're not even gonna talk about this. Like it's not happening. It has that, um, there's a saying, it's called nimbyism and it stands for not in my backyard. Like it's not oh. happening. It's not real. It's not really, uh, occurring with our kids and our social media and honestly we're going to do a whole episode on this because I think it's that important of a, a subject to talk about but uh, these these things on social media are creating new conversations and blurring a lot of things that we talked about it last week Ash about how politics and those things they're like blurring our relationships and our boundaries because we're yeah. finding out things about people that we didn't know and it's making us feel some sort of way and I think it's important that we validate that it's making us feel some sort of way mm -hmm. um, but it is really creating different dynamics and huge dynamic changes even within like your nuclear family or your friendships or your yeah. partners that you're with your, your spouses, anything, you know, your work relationships, your yes. personal relationship, like with yourself, all these boundaries are being blurred by things that we're seeing on social media and things that have just happened outside of social media. But I do find that that is triggering a lot. I get triggered a lot when I see memes that come out that are just blatantly wrong and the Chrissy Teigen one was the last one that I've seen that like set me over the edge because the poor thing just got pregnant and I'm like, let her celebrate her life, please. You guys, it was, it was the best. I have to share this. <laughs> Ashley called me right away. And as we shared in last episode, I'm not a talker on the phone, but she was like, listen, you're just going to have to talk to me through this right now because... <laughs> It was Chrissy so Teigen. funny. I was so angry. <laughs> yeah. So Chrissy Teigen, if you ever listen to this podcast... I do have your back. I went to John's Christmas show a couple years ago. I loved it. <laughs> My birthday gift. Shout out to the legend family. I know. I just love them so much. They make me smile, but I'm telling you, she's not a part of human trafficking. I doubt, highly doubt that she has a ring happening somewhere. Um, 
but just it does back to triggers it does it makes me enraged when i see this because i think so often i'm not here to stick up for celebrities god knows i got no money compared to them and <laughs> i'm sure life is fine but what i do know is that they are people and so because i am empathetic and we've talked about this before that i tend to feel what i think other people are feeling and it drains me slightly i think about what these celebrities who are also people, they're not fake people, they're real people. And I see what's being just like the, what's being thrown out there in this mass quantity. And while they're not the everyday person, they're still a person and they still have families and they still have like their, their moms are still regular people and their uncles and aunts are still regular people and their children are still regular people. And so I just can't help it. It triggers me. I get angry, pretty, pretty severely angry because I can't imagine what everyday people who also get thrown out on social media are also going through and how often that triggers them. And then what their trauma responses to that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We might oh. be going down a whole nother rabbit hole here, Gina, but I got to tell you this misinformation that I'm seeing all over the internet is just got me on fire mentally for other people and, mentally. And you brought up a good point about, you know, people firing back on social media, but even non-celebrities, like even just our, our listeners, our daily people that we see and talk to every day, you know, they're putting things out on social media themselves and they may not be getting the responses back that they are looking for or that they are hoping for or picturing. And there's just this, I mean, it's an overarching theme, I feel like, of just mm -hmm negative communication, negative relationships, this just ongoing toxicity. And like I said, it could happen personally with your nuclear family, with your extended family. I mean, with your friends, it, it goes on forever. And so I think it's important too that we know what that looks like, like know how to recognize that yeah. in ourselves and our whole point of of this conversation really is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself we kind of talked a little bit about it last episode with taking care of yourself during covid but mm -hmm. how do we continue that self-care and identifying boundaries and making sure that our boundaries are strong i had this thought today ash that i was mm -hmm. like I, I was kind of being self-reflective i i sat down with my coffee this morning and i was like i was really feeling some poor boundaries in my own life and trying to be self-reflective of it. Shocking. And, and I was trying really hard. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> this is a no judgment podcast. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I came up with like the saying just kind of popped in my head that drawing the line of, of a boundary and standing behind the line are two very different things and not you know, standing true behind that line, I can say that I'm drawing boundaries and people can say that they're drawing boundaries all day long. But until you draw that line of boundary and stand behind it, mm -hmm. what you're doing right now isn't working. So nothing's going to change, right? Yeah, we become a victim of our own lives at that point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there it's draw. There's also another layer to that drawing a boundary without emotion behind it mm -hmm. is powerful right and i think oftentimes 
we get to a breaking point where we say, okay, the, the, the boundary has to be drawn because I can't survive if it's not. And there's um, thousands of pounds of emotion that come with it and we miss the point of the boundary because we see the emotion and we don't see the line in the sand. Bingo. Right? And so it like drawing those lines early and often and getting and practicing them, uh-huh. I think are what ultimately bring us to emotional wellness in terms of boundaries. Totally. Right? You correct me if I'm wrong, Doc. No, you're spot on. <laughs> but so like, how do we know that we have poor boundaries though? You know, because sure. we're just living our life. So some signs of some not so good boundaries. I don't even like the word poor because you're doing the best that you can, right? This is what you know right. how to do. But if you find yourself that you're, you're saying yes to things, even when you don't want to, or it makes you uncomfortable, or you're agreeing with others all the time just to keep the peace, you're feeling it taken advantage of, you are finding that you give away way too much of your time and there's no time for yourself, which then creates a guilty feeling when you take care of yourself. Those, those are some examples of knowing that you are need to improve your boundaries a little bit. And it's exhausting. You're, you're feeling that burnout because your boundaries are, are not drawn strong. So I want to I wanna dive into this a little bit. I'm, I'm going a little rogue from what we've talked about before, but that's how a lot of our conversations go anyways. When we're talking about guilt, I'm putting myself in a mommy shoe and I'm thinking it isn't often that I don't feel guilt when I'm taking care of myself and not my children, right? Like I try to go to the gym every day for an hour and I just now see my daughter just turned five. I am just now not feeling guilty about it. Caveat to that is I've been working from home. So I see her a lot. Now, when I have to go to school all the time or to my job all the time and I'm not seeing her or him and I'm spending that time at the gym every night, I have a feeling, I have sneaky suspicion that I'm going to start feeling guilt for taking care of myself and then pile on top of that, not seeing my husband and you've lost me. So in terms, and I can only imagine there are several other people out out there feeling the exact same thing, which is why they don't do self-care. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think that brings up a good point. And one beautiful thing about me and Ashley working together is she is a mom and I am not a mom. So I can't relate to that mommy guilt. And I can be an empath. I have an empathetic ear to it. Yeah. Um, Really good. But I do not um, know the true, true mommy guilt feeling yet in my life. However, I will say that we kind of go back to what we were talking about too, that taking care of yourself before you can take care of others, right? If Mm -hmm. mommy is burnt out, how, how well are you going to be able to take care of your babies, Ash? If you are that burnt out, taking that extra few minutes of time where they, they are well taken care of when you are at the gym and taking care of yourself too, Mm -hmm. is the guilt come from because you are away from them or because you're taking care of yourself and not them? Well, yeah, probably both. And this is a double-sided question because I know that when you become a mom, you're going to need to listen to this episode again. 
<laughs> you know I will. <laughs> you have a hard time with boundaries, right? So your pre-baby self is telling yourself to take care of yourself, right? Like I've I've set that up intentionally. But I think it's all of it. I think you have guilt for not taking care of your family because you're taking care of yourself or you're not spending that time, or you're not getting bedtime in or you're not getting, I mean, there's, we could do a whole episode on this too. I just, as you went through that list, I thought to myself, I meet every criteria on that list. My boundaries are God awful for a therapist. And mo I think most therapists probably struggle with some boundaries. There's some kick ass therapists out there that have their shit together. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I'm really good at my craft, but I mean, I'm only told that, but I'm not good with boundaries. And that, that would be one of them. I hit almost every, every bullet point. You just she said. is really good at her craft. Don't let her tell you differently. But the interesting thing about poor boundaries is, you know, I'm going to go back to this, but it's actually a trauma response because there's threatened safety, mm -hmm. threatened stability. So whether it's conflict or feeling like your babies aren't, you know, with you or being taken care of how you want them to, that's a trauma response. Yeah. And it's actually, it's super interesting. There is a licensed marriage and family therapist and also a, a survivor of childhood abuse. His name is Pete Walker. And he coined the saying fawning. So we talked about trauma responses last episode, how you fight, flight, or freeze. There's actually a fourth trauma response called fawning. And fawning mm -hmm. is this feeling and this need to please others, to diminish conflict, to always be there for others, to say yes when you don't want to, and it causes you to feel taken advantage of and ultimately burn out. So I think it's important to know that. It doesn't mean it's always your trauma response, but I think it's important to understand and know that that is another way that your body is trying to regulate and it's trying to seek safety how you are feeling you know we think about safety as physical safety a lot when i refer to sure. safety here we are not talking we you know oftentimes we're in a safe place when we're listening to this podcast hopefully sure but in other situations it's also psychological it's biological and so that is where fawning comes into place. You're amazing. A wealth of knowledge. It's just very interesting. Our bodies it are is. crazy how they try to protect ourselves from any really? inherent danger or lack of safety. I love it. I love that our bodies can do this. But it's really important to know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is to understand what is happening, right? The next thing we have to do is how do we draw those boundaries? Where do we even start? Like you were saying, my day is go, go, go. And while mm -hmm. I don't have kids, Ash, for sure, but <laughs> I feel a lot of that with my clients. I am yeah. always very conflicted. Like I should be giving them more or, you know, being with them more or making myself more accessible. But in reality, I need to take care of myself or I am going to walk into a session and be so burnt out that I'm going to be right where my client is as far as feeling as, as exhausted as they are. Yeah. You don't stop girl. I love what that's I do. One of, 
Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about you and one of the spots we need to work through. I personally am loving that each one of these sessions is a therapy session for me. Gonna just throw that out there free of charge. Um, but one day we're gonna dive into why you why you go so at speed one thousand all the time. It's so great. We I would love to talk about it. I know, right? I know. So but keep going. In fairness, going back to boundaries, I have made a very uh you know, I can just speak personally, but I've made a very serious effort in the year 2020, pre-COVID, pre this madness, yeah, that I needed to draw some boundaries and I needed to take care of myself. The people at home know that one of a, a huge boundary, I'll be a little transparent, is that I moved out of Michigan for a little while. Sure. And so that was a really big boundary that I drew to take care of myself. Now, I am in no way saying that you need to move out of state as a starting point for your boundary making. You got to do what works for you. But yes, but you do have to figure out. And I want you to, to encourage you to look at boundary making as slicing a, a piece of the cake at a time. It, you don't mm -hmm. eat the whole cake at a time. It takes practice. It takes diligence. It takes mm -hmm. self-reflection and mm -hmm. self-care and you need to give yourself some grace. It's hard to do. It is. One of the things I did for 2020 was the working out. That was, and we had talked a little bit about that before, but I committed to myself one year instead of three months. I said one year of committing to this boot camp class that I love. Um, and just like, I had to meet myself where I was and not pile expectations on myself. And I did that. And the way that I positively framed it in my brain to get away from feeling guilty about my kids was that I wanted to demonstrate healthy choices for them. I wanted them to see that mommy was working out and that mommy was trying to take care of herself in hopes that they would learn to to have the same choices. So in terms of boundaries, if that is an area that you're struggling with, we can positively frame pretty much anything, <laughs> honestly. And if you stick to that, I set a large goal of one year, but knowing that I was going to do three days a week for this long. And if I could hit three days a week, if I could hit that goal, then I would do four days a week. And if I could hit four days, then I would go to five days. If I could get to five days, then I would change this part of my eating hat. Like I just started very small knowing that in one year, hopefully I would have dedicated 365 days to my own physical fitness. And then hopefully my kids would draw from that as well. So I kind of set a boundary for them too. I love that. I mean, yeah. what an amazing way to practice boundaries together. Like you are teaching yeah. your two kids, you are modeling it, like you are living it. Trying. See mom do that. And so for all the parents listening too, or, or all the caregivers listening, this is a great opportunity to model and teach for your little ones what it should look like. Easier said than done. Easier oh, said yeah. than done. But well, in that, go, go ahead. Her. No, you go. <laughs> I, she's always like, what is she thinking? That's a small boundary for me too. It's big and heavy on my heart, but that only affects me and the way that my mind creates the result of what I'm doing, right? So in my mind, in order to let myself off the hook, 
and not work out, I'm going to tell myself that I'm not spending enough time with my kids. And then that lets me off the hook from doing something that's good for myself. But that still is a small boundary. And for some of you, it may be a very big boundary for you. There are other big boundaries that we're fighting right now. Like you had talked about the nuclear family earlier and how some of what's going on in the world is dividing people or they're uncomfortable with the viewpoints of the people in their family mm-hmm. because it may be so drastically different from theirs. There are a few people that I've talked to who are okay with the separation between that can like coexist and have different opinions on presidential candidates or COVID response, mm-hmm. you know? And so drawing boundaries, like we're quickly approaching holiday season. If you think about it, like we're nearing the end of August, Thanksgiving's going to be here before we know it. And then Christmas will be here. And when you think about that in terms of COVID and the response to that, there's going to be families that choose to not celebrate together. And that's going to draw some lines in the sand. November's coming, the election's coming quickly. That's going to create some turmoil. So how do you how do you have healthy boundaries with families around hot topic social um, differences, I yeah. guess? Well, and it, the first step is giving yourself permission to have these boundaries for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to allow yourself to know that it is okay that you are having these boundaries, whether it just be for the holiday season, because you know that this is a trigger for your family or for your friends or whoever you're around, or it goes on for longer than that. But you have to give yourself permission to have boundaries. And it has to be a very conscious effort, especially possibly with your spouse um, or somebody that you're with, you know, your partner, it's very important to communicate about those boundaries. What are your needs? And communicating your needs for those boundaries are not something that should bring a sense of guilt while they are very uncomfortable. And I will validate that because it's new and it's unknown. And it was just more comfortable to not have the boundary for a while because you were the only one that it was affecting. But because it's affecting you is the reason that there needs to be a boundary. That makes sense. So that's where I'm at with, with that. So even making, making a conversation and saying, you know, no, that is off limits. We're not talking about that or no, because of the uncomfortable feeling or the pain that it causes me, I will not be going to aunt Susie's house for cookie decorating. Or I am drawing a boundary and giving myself 20 minutes a day in the morning to drink coffee by myself. Mm-hmm. Or I'm giving myself permission to go work out three times a week. Sure. They look all different. It looks all different. And I wish I could give an example for each one listening or talk through an example for each person listening right now. But it just starts with you giving yourself permission to draw the boundary. Yeah, you're right on with that. I'm a big fan of no political conversation 
around the holidays, though I'm not good at following that rule because it's topical and I like to talk about things that are topical. <laughs> you know, so I would like, I would have never thought you would like to talk about that, Ash. My friend. Oh, oh my goodness. I feel like we end every <laughs> podcast with me saying, What am I gonna do with you? <laughs> so we would have people over for Thanksgiving and like I wouldn't even think about it, but I would bring it up and my poor husband would be like, What are you doing? <laughs> never a dull moment I'm sure at your Thanksgivings and your Christmases and whatever other holidays that you celebrate well I think that I am the resident therapist in my household and in my family and so I lean into the discomfort I like I find it fascinating and that's not nice to do to everyone oh I like to giggle about it later it doesn't trigger me that way though in my own home you know I mean my I'm lucky my family we have a lot of families and we're all very respectful of each other so I'm very lucky with that I get more triggered by inaccuracies non-facts that I see on social media than anything that my family could say to me if they have a different opinion than I do but I know that that's not true in a lot of households and I know that so many families are truly being separated over their opinions regarding what's happening in today's world. And it's, it's sad to me, but then that also goes along that line of like respecting that our kids may have a different viewpoint than we do at some point in time. We've talked about that before with parenting and um, just within my own practice of seeing families, I saw divorced couples for a while uh, with their kids growing and I've seen families in my practice and understanding that our adult children, you want them to, to have your morals and values that you raise them with. Mm. But it's also to have, it's also important to have an understanding that they're going to develop their own that may be slightly different than yours. Mm -hmm. The goal should be that, that the root of their morals and values are similar to yours, but that they may change and evolve as they grow. And I think for parents, you know, I have small children, so I haven't experienced that. Um, But (laughs) I have, like I said, we have lots of parents and one of my parents, I think is just brilliant. And she said to me once that, um, that between the age of 18 and 26, your children kind of leave you. But the goal is that at 26, they come back. (laughs) And she knows that with my sister and my brother that around 18, 19, 20, for sure, our parents didn't know anything they were talking about, or they didn't know, they know nothing. We, I would have thought they knew nothing. They had no idea what was going on in the world, but by 26, that's when you're coming back to mom and dad and you're going, or stepmom and dad or dad and stepmom. Um, however you want to phrase it, but that's when you're coming back and you're saying, you know, you may not come out and say that they knew what they were talking about, but you acknowledge it by asking them for their advice again. And as long as you're coming back at 26, you know, you haven't lost them. Oh, that's and good. I took, yeah, I took that in. I took that in. That's good. So as long as my kids come back to me at 26, I would have succeeded as a parent. I'm sure my mom and dad are listening going, Oh, they did we come back at 26? Like oh, me and my brothers are definitely over 26 now. So yeah. Actually, no. One of them isn't. So they still have time for my littlest brother. But yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. 
And I love the, the morals and values in developing your own morals and values. And I just kind of want to backtrack one thing because it kind of sparked, but talking a little bit about boundaries and maybe your morals and values are not the same as the people that raised you or your, your nuclear family sure. as a result of, you know, you just creating your own morals or values, but also maybe as a result of it's, there's something called cyclical trauma or generational trauma where your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, I mean, all those people with generations above you, they experience some kind of adverse experience or trauma in their life, right? And as a result, you have experienced secondary trauma because of that. And, And as a result, you have changed the way that you do things in your life or your morals or your values. And so I think it's important to validate that on the other side of the coin too, that you may go back at 26 years old, but you also yep. have to validate yourself if you're not going back at 26 years oh, old yeah. because of different things. Solid point. Solid yeah. point. And so true. So true. Because maybe, I mean, maybe you're not going back for good reason and maybe it's more traumatic for you to go back. And maybe the simple fact that you left is what's going to keep you healthy and kudos to you for doing it. Nothing wrong with that. Totally. Big kudos to you because that is what we talk about that's easier said than done, right? Yeah, so, not becoming the product of the product is a really big deal. Yes, product of the product. Mm-hmm. I love how you said that. Yeah. So in closing today, look at the whole picture and slice away at it. Start this week. Me and Ashley both want to encourage you just this week to focus on one boundary that you can draw for yourself. And it's not always a negative boundary. It might just be more time for yourself or it might be a time to allow yourself to walk away from the situation so that you can better care for yourself. I love it. I love that we talked about boundaries today because it's a struggle for all of us. We always go back to, we're keeping it real. This is real, real, right? So we can actually keep each other in check all the time about this. So this has been- And we're not good at it either, just so you know. We're not good at our own boundaries. So if you're finding that you've met every bullet point on her list, that's okay, because you're right there with me. It's where we're at. But we're growing and learning to be better people every day. So it's all right. Each day is a chance for growth. Absolutely. So this has been Mental Health Uncorked, and we will see you all next time. Bye.